Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 149 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chris Commander Thane Jarvis, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Ben Moss Woodward, Commander Adler Weiss. I've run out of donuts. Yeah. Is that. Are you, are you pitching for the title of the show already? <laughs> five seconds pitching. in are you catching <laughs> um we've had a report from people on the spoon that the radio version is still playing music which is odd because that means that the um sandcaster <laughs> isn't doing what it did last week which is kind of annoying uh we can start this again if we need uh, to as far as i know yeah i mean as far as i know we're live so uh yeah yeah um Anyway, also joining me <laughs> is Colin Ford, Commander Phoenix Defire. Good evening, everybody. I've actually thrown myself already slightly this week um, by the fact that um, I actually followed the intro that's in the show notes. I think, do you know, oh, it's yeah. the fir- I think it's the first time that <laughs> I've actually done the intro to show and I've actually read the intro as it is in the beginning of the show notes. Um looks like we've got a few network issues. Uh, someone's saying the Twitch video is a bit jumpy. Um, people are also saying they can't hear Ben on the live stream. Huh. So perhaps you haven't enabled your own microphone in OBS. I perhaps haven't. That would be really silly of me, wouldn't it? Awesome. Uh, so for the benefit of those listening, it is it is Ben uh, that is that is here. He just needs to sort out his microphone. Have you sorted your microphone? I have, yes. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, this week we are... Well, we've got a couple of big things to talk about this week, haven't we? Um, we've obviously, this last weekend gone was Elite Meet down in Bristol. We are going to be talking about that probably at length later in the show. Uh, and we've also got a little bit of 2.3 news, not a massive amount in terms of new features. Uh, but we do have a release date for that. And we do uh, have some uh, latest things to discuss regarding multi-crew. Um but before we get into that, I'd like to find out what these two guys have been doing in this last week, other than Beta or Elite Me, which is probably not very much. Um, let's, <laughs> let's find out anyway. Colin, what have you been up to? Well, unfortunately, not much. Um, most of my last week has either been preparing for Elite Meet, or uh, it has been recovering from Elite Meet. Um, so <laughs> there's not much to really report. I haven't even had a chance to play the game. This is the first time I've actually played the game in almost a week and a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm coming into Lave Station now on the beta to see if uh, if Ben needs some escorts. Because uh, I do believe... Who are, you, tar- are you offering escort services now, Colin? Well, well, weren't you targeted by Mr. Potter earlier? Oh, that that was earlier, but we're fine now, and I I don't want to jinx things, but we've got <laughs> we've got Lave Station behind us, and it's all looking very pretty and calm here now. Oh, okay, if you say so. But yeah, my week has been basically um, exhausting. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> ben, how about you? Kind of the same as Colin, to be honest. Um, I did have one night of actual game time with which I basically finished off the last week's community goal and managed to get myself in about the top 50% of it. And then I've started this week's community goal 
Um, it's just more bounty hunting and stuff like that. But that's really about all I've had a chance to do. Cool. That isn't beta testing and delete meat. Indeed, yes, absolutely. That yeah. that has been that probably has been the bulk of the week for, for most of us. Um, my week, I've been obviously working on. Like I always say, this I've been working on writing Escape Velocity. That's coming along. Um, I also did a bit of a personal live stream last week, which was really good fun actually, because I don't necessarily always do live streams of different things, and I do really kind of enjoy playing and talking about other games. So it was really nice just to do a bit of a stream last week. Um, this was Thursday night. I uh, I picked up the the PC version of the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which is really nice because obviously it's a book that I've had and played and loved since the early eighties, um, and uh, yeah, it was nice to be able to kind of go through that live and, and look at because I know the book so well. It was nice to be able to go through it and kind of say, oh yeah, I recognise that from the book. I think that's a new edition. I even had my copy of the book there with me and I found inside the book a hand-drawn map that I'd made. I had to confess, not in the early 80s. Um, I made it sometime in the kind of early 2000s during one of the times I rediscovered my, my fighting fantasy books. Um, so I kind of felt a little bit like... Um, I was cheating because I was playing this PC game for the first time, but I actually had a map in front of me telling me what traps were and monsters were in all the rooms. And the thing that was quite interesting was that actually they've, they've, they've changed a few subtle things in the PC version. And I think part of it, they've done it to deliberately trick the people that know the book well, because there was one thing where I, I went into a room that I thought was absolutely safe and chose something. And it turned out that that was deadly and the other thing was fine. So, but yeah, that was good. Uh, I'm actually going to carry that on, but I think I'm not going to do it Thursday night this week because I'm aware that Thursday night is um, very much a Hutton evening. So I think probably tomorrow night uh, I'm going to continue that stream. It's also fun for me because I do kind of the whole audiobooks and voice acting thing. It's nice to be able to uh, sit and read <laughs> narrative of a book kind of on air. Uh, it's good fun. So, yeah. Do, um, I think the Lave Radio Twitch also hosts it. I don't know. Uh, but certainly my own Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash hold my kidney. Uh, and I've been uploading bits of the videos to my YouTube as well uh, as hold my kidney. So that's a fun thing. Uh, I'm not sure what else I've been doing. Don't know. Just generally looking after my daughter. Going to elite me. That sort of thing. Not at the same time. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we have uh, very quickly. No, not very quickly. Oh, go on then. Let's do it very quickly because um, I don't think <laughs> this sounds like a massive criticism. We don't think there was much in it. Uh, newsletter one six eight. Did anything jump out at anybody about that particular newsletter? Wow. I'm guessing that's a no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. I actually had a slight panic then that I'd um, <laughs> that I'd lost my internet connection. I've been talking to myself for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, it wasn't, I quite like the uh, the image they've done for the commanders. Are you able to get that up on the Twitch feed? So they've got an yeah. image that they've done to, to publicise the commanders that is not dissimilar to the style of what they did for um, when Powerplay went live. They have these sort of, you know, posters, you know, uh, multi-character kind of things. I quite like this one, though. This is quite punchy. I like the, um, the text of it, and I like the ships kind of flying out of the screen. And they've come up with a good interesting range of example commander faces although the um the eye scar which i think has i can't believe that's become a, a trope before it's even left beta uh, the eye scar is there but um 
yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Is that is that so you can can you get it out, Ben? <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, I can. I just <laughs> I just need a bit of time. Excellent, excellent. It ha- happens to us all. So we're, you know, we're getting... well, you know, you're you, you're coming at me cold here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. really want to share my screen with everybody. That's right. We're not getting any younger. Frontier did a live. Frontier did a live stream this evening. Uh, you joined in for a bit of that, did you, Ben? I, I did actually. I, um, Frontier was quite good fun. They went off and encouraged us to a bit like a roll your own adventure as well. It's like, okay, we'll invite random people to our ship and they'll tell us what to do. Cool. So um, Harry Potter tried telling them to start doing naughty things, and then somehow he wound up getting kicked. Um, somehow, <laughs> somehow. Um, and other, I think Titus Balls was invited and wanted, I think he wanted them to do a bit of, a bit of combat. And then I got, I managed to get in there and suggested that they went off and had a look at the mega ship that up in Gurney Slade that we visited last week, I believe it was. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely an inherent danger in putting yourself on a webcam on the internet and asking people for suggestions. Yeah. Um, Always, always, always tricky. Always tricky with that one. Um, there is also in the newsletter there are new paint jobs. Uh, I, do you know what? I'm not enough of a paint job aficionado to really be able to tell you what the difference is. Um, it's certainly in the newsletter. So there is a, I want to say deep purple. I don't think it's anything to do with the band. Um, <laughs> there is a deep purple skin for the Federal Assault ship, and there is a pirate skin for the Asp. Has the Asp not had pirate they're, they're skins both, before? They're, they're both, pirate both the pirate skins. skins. Oh, that's got a par. I can't see that from that image. Go get your glasses, you old man. No, look at no. Look. Are you watching Twitch? <laughs> look at that image of the Federal Assault ship. You cannot see the skull. Oh that, no, you, you, you certainly can see it on there. Yeah, but you can see tiny. on the asp, all right? You can see on the asp, yeah. But I'm wondering, did the asp previously have pirate paint jobs, or is this the first pirate paint job for the asp? No, the asp has had pirate paint jobs before. It had I the thought red it did. The red one, yeah. Okay, it's kind of cool though. If you like that sort of thing. Um, there is oh yes there is a reminder about the in-game event to do with the new uh, Elite Dangerous novel Premonition 29th of April 6 o'clock UTC now (laughs) just to to clarify any confusion with people obviously we are now on British summertime so 6 o'clock UTC is not 6 o'clock British time so for the uh, huge amount of our listeners who are in the UK uh, that is actually, I can't remember which that is. It's 7 o'clock, isn't it? 7 o'clock in the evening is 6 o'clock UTC, I think. Is that the right way around? Yes, it is. Yes. I was getting confused which direction it's, it's in. It'll be 6 o'clock game time. So look at the clock in your screen. It will be 6 o'clock game and time. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the usual stuff about CGs and, and, and in-game stuff, which we won't necessarily go through. Um... Haulers in front of things. Is this? Do you know, I didn't realise this was a thing. Is haulers in oh. front of things uh, an elite dangerous no. meme? It's asps no, it's in front, asps of things. In front of things. Yeah. Oh, okay. And just like we have here, actually, I'll click on this one because I've seen this, and it comes up. I, okay. I started to. I tried to start a thing saying Ferdinand's in front of things, but because it's a better looking ship, but it didn't seem to yeah, to go so- with it. Here we have an asp in front of this guy's um, project that he did for his, his 
uh, for university. Okay. Is this is it is it like nutscaping? I have no idea what nutscaping uh, is, no, but it sounds no, dubious. No, no, don't don't Google. even go there, Chris. Google, I'm, not gonna go go I'm not going to Google that <laughs> live on air. Go on to Google Images and Google no. Nutscapes. No, 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 if you're telling everybody go look at blue waffles. No, 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 no. no. It's, it is definitely not as bad as that. Do do not do not Google that. But yeah, no, definitely Google Nutscapes. That's uh, they're hilarious. Anyway, no. um, no, don't. I can know. Why, Chris? Why? <laughs> what? Why not? Because it because it's there. That's what they say. Because it's there. <laughs> So, um, moving swiftly on from that, uh, we have development news. So, we have a date for the Commanders 2.3. We will be going live on... Da, 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 six, the, well, <laughs> the week ending 16th week of April. Yes. So, this is one of these um, Frontier kind of release window dates. So, at some point by the 16th of April, hopefully, we will have 2.3. Now that could be that could be any time that week. They could that could be on Tuesday the tenth. That could be like a Friday release if they're uh, if they're living by the seat of their pants. Tuesday's the eleventh. Monday's the tenth. Oh, do you know I can't read this Windows Ten calendar. <laughs> it, it starts on a Sunday. It's really confusing. Yes, Tuesday mine, the eleventh. Mine starts on Monday. Oh, maybe you can change it. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think Monday, or if they've said week ending 16th, I would say Monday or Tuesday is probably pretty unlikely. Um, yeah. And I would have I thought... I think they're going to go for the Tuesday, I have to admit. Do you think? I yeah, think ju yeah. Just, just to work on the line that it would really screw us up. Well, yeah, they do, <laughs> yeah, they, they do like releasing things on a Tuesday. Um, they do like releasing things, but also, if you log on to the live game... There is a, you know, one of the alert messages saying, please make sure you go off and hand in all your long-range missions and all that kind of stuff by Monday the 10th. Ooh. Because otherwise, things might get lost. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously Frontier covering themselves. But. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know what sort of back-end migration they do during kind of a release. It might be that they have to switch certain things off. Um, kind of in advance because it might because you know you get you get deadlines on these missions don't you so maybe you maybe they want yeah. them all handed in and cancelled while the deadlines are still potentially and there but to be honest speculation. if there's going to be a if there's a major mission upgrade changey thing and they might want to just get things cleared off yeah before absolutely. they go off and change all the mission stuff around absolutely uh, and they specifically if I remember correctly mentioned the Ramtar stuff didn't they they yes, did. it was. It was. Yes. Yeah, it was specifically that. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think. I think if they were definitely aiming for the Tuesday, I feel like they'd have said probably weekending, like the Friday. I think the fact that they've they've said weekending Sunday means they're thinking it might get pushed into a weekend release if things go wrong. Well. They might be a little bit more conservative than usual after the experience that they had after releasing the first version of this beta. Because remember, true. that was about two days late, and boy, did, did the community be understanding with that one. <laughs> the community are never understanding, I have to say. Well, no, no, that's right, that's a joke thing to say. I love the community, are fantastic. Um, I have to say, okay. I mean, I've, yeah, I've. A little I've, bit I've, shouty in the forums then. Yeah, I've recently kind of ventured 
back in i haven't ventured back into the forums that's a bit of a lie but i have been looking at threads perhaps more than i have done and i have to say it's even worse than i remember i mean it's such a toxic place there's such a stink of entitlement and whinging um i'm amazed frontier don't just close them well i must admit in the last six months or so on the forums, I've noticed, well, not only on the forums, but on Reddit as well, I think there's been a level of toxicity, toxic, ah, I can't even say the toxicity. word. Toxicity. That's the one. It's my tongue being too loud, uh, loud for my too mouth. Too loud? Too wide, too wide <laughs> for my mouth. Uh, but yes, it does seem to be this, this, I don't know, anger that's, that's, that's yeah. present. It's as if all the goodwill has now gone. And no, all do you know what? We are being treated as no man's sky. There is a, do you know what? There is a real mix. There is a noticeable increase in people who go on and say, when devs post stuff or like Ed post stuff about a, an update um, to the to the to the game, which we're going to discuss in a minute. There is a lot of people who come back and say, "Thanks for explaining this, Ed. Thanks for being clear on what Frontier are planning to do. Thanks for the transparency." The, you know, there is a lot of people going yes. out of their way to specifically give support and then there is a lot of people that are just like frontier should give up making games this is how i've created a 10 point list of all the things you should do to your game and it's like oh i'm sorry i didn't realize the devs i didn't realize the forums were full of professional game developers who know exactly what they're doing and are prepared to oh. give you know kind of free and free of consulting advice to frontier ridiculous i've got to, i've got to be honest this is probably really unpopular but if you are sitting there if you're if you, you probably don't listen to late radio if you're this sort of person anyway but <laughs> anyway if you are going to go onto the forums and just kind of insult or just just criticize without a kind of valid basis don't just say stuff like there was one person on there that said oh you're talking about um balancing the game and and getting rid of exploits frontier have allowed all the beta backers to bring their money over into live that's a big exploit you do that no if you're just wrong if you don't have any basis for what you're saying if you are not actually in any way qualified just shut up honestly no i mean it's the main thing well i mean we'll obviously touch on this later but one of the things that really got me well they were calling for sandra to get fired some yeah. of them were. I know. And that was... Wow. But then, after we saw that, then we saw a fairly large backlash from the community, including the Reddit community, mm. basically saying, guys, you're being arseholes. Stop yeah. it, and we don't tolerate this. Yeah. And then the community was basically you know, showing a lot of love and gratitude for the work that Frontier do the the fact that they put themselves out there knowing that they're going to get abused yeah well th- um, that's the thing because they, they didn't used to get abused mm. and this is the thing that i mean ever since i think 2.2 has been released um it, it's just got manic it's as if all the toxic like i said um we seem to pick up a lot more players from uh, what happened with No Man's Sky, which is, you know, is good. We get more players. They, they, they seem to appreciate the game. But ever since then, and I'm not blaming just people who've picked up since No Man's Sky, but it's it's got really nasty. 
Yeah, I think, I thought, do you know what, this is definitely me with a forum dad hat on, but I do think it's because we've had, let me think, well, where are we, 2017, I would say we've had a good 15 to 20 years of internet commenting without any kind of uh, backlash or punishment for people going online and making comments. So what you've effectively got at this point is you've got a generation of people who've grown up with absolutely no repercussions for their negative behaviour online. And I think, I don't think this is just elite. I think we are seeing an internet community of people who can say anything they like to anyone. They can threaten them with death. They can threaten them with rape. They can threaten them with all sorts. And there is just no repercussions for people online. And I think it's, I think it's a very sad state that we've kind of got ourselves into. And I think sadly, over the next few years, what we're going to end up seeing is probably a curbing of internet freedoms because it just can't go on like this. You're going to end up having to log into the internet with a credit card just to prove who you are so that there can be some kind of, you know... Backlash. You yeah. Know, some kind of... And, Absolutely. Oh, yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, but enough, enough of that. Let's get back to... You've got me on a pet topic. But the thing the thing I find interesting yeah. about it is that you can't go... We're going to come on to Elite Meet later in the show, but you can't go to an event like Elite Meet and not come away thinking Elite Dangerous has the best community uh, of any game I've ever been involved in. And yet, at the same time, the forums being such a negative place that I think actually... And like I say, I mean, Frontier obviously want to stick with it and it would probably be really bad PR for them if they closed it. But to be honest, if that was my house... I would burn it down and move. I would just... <laughs> I would just um, get rid of it. Because it's... Well, it, it's, not, it's not a pleasant place for anybody to, to hang out. really isn't. Um, but yeah. But anyway, I mean, um, the thing... This particular thread I'm talking about, there are, there are issues around it. And we are going to talk about it. Um, so, uh, moving, moving a little bit on from that... Because that was actually just meant to be the announcement about the... Uh, <laughs> the two point, yeah, 2.3 two point point announcement, yeah. Um, so yes, we are now going to get into this. So Frontier have responded to comments about the multi-crew payouts. So if you remember last week, there was uh, something of a furor over the fact that Frontier had announced that your rewards for multi-crew were going to be scaled based on your elite rank. That's Colin, right. is this something you're happy to elaborate on? Yeah, well, what was happening before was that um, everybody was um, when you actually shot someone down in the uh, as the gunner or as the um, or in the fighter or the main commander himself, you managed to shoot down uh, an opposing ship. All members of the crew got the same amount of bounty. Now that was absolutely fine for a lot of people, and everyone thought, "Oh, that's a great." little credit mine isn't it and then it turns out well frontier have said well actually we don't want it to be just a um, a credit mine what we're going to do is we're going to kind of spread the bounties so that the main commander of the ship gets 100 percent of the bounty and depending on your combat rank you will get a percentage of the bounty so the bounty still is say for you get 150,000 credits for an for an an anaconda, let's say. Um, the pilot will get 150,000. Yet, depending on the rank that that person has,
has in the gunnery chair or in the, or in the uh, um, in the fighter, they will get sort of I don't know what is it fifty thousand if they're elite, twenty thousand if they're deadly, and it goes down to a scale of maybe about three thousand or four thousand if they're harmless. I mean, I do believe Obsidian Ant has been doing a bit of research into this one, hasn't he, Ben? Yeah, uh, Obsidian Ant, myself, and a few other commanders last week went off and did some testing and some research into this. And I think your figures are basically about right. Yeah. You know, uh, um, it basically, the range at the moment in Beta 5, and we have to remember this is completely and utterly subject to change, the range is from 5% going up to about 50% of the initial bounty. So, say it's 100,000, then, yeah, you'd get either between 5,000 and 50,000 of that. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's not... It's, it's, it's a bonus to the original bounty. You're not getting a split of the bounty. Yes. Everyone so, is still getting more credits. There's no there's no percentage well, cut-off. No, I wouldn't say you are, actually, because at the moment, if... At the moment, in a wing, because, of course, that's all we can do, if I was to kill a ship worth 100,000, mm -hmm. I'd get 50,000 and you'd get 50,000. That's right, yes. Whereas if you were in my fighter and let's pretend I was elite and you were only a novice, yes. then I'd get 100,000 and you'd get 5,000. Yeah, which is what I was trying to say. I mean, um, okay. in a wing, yeah, it's split, isn't it? Yeah, it's split, but Although, so it's 50-50, so you'd yeah. get 50,000. Well, hang on a second. Didn't they say they were they were modifying things to so the wing matches the multi-crew? Well, they, they, originally they were going to do... They were doing that so that... Now, in if we were to, if you and I are in a wing at the moment outside of Lave Station, and if yes, we, we get are. a bounty, then we would both get a hundred percent of that bounty. If we were to go out bounty hunting just now, oh then, right, in the beta at the moment, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. we'd both get a hundred percent of that, and we'd be better. So you and I would, even though what are you flying at the moment? You are. I can't. I'm see. in the orange sidewinder. Oh, you're in you're in a sidewinder. So even though you're in a sidewinder, we could go off visit the Hazres. Or the the nav beacon, or something like that. Go off and kill some some nasty, horrible pirates, or something like that. There, and you'd get a hundred percent of the kill, even if I did two hundred, three hundred percent of the work. Yeah, that, um, that would be it. And yeah, that'd be it. Now, obviously, yeah. you're risking your sidewinder, so it's kind of fair that you do get a wee bit more money. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if I you I was to be in my cutter and you were to be in a fighter, say, then you're basically risking nothing. Yes. Which is one of the reasons why there is a pay cut in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you you've got no risk whatsoever. Um, yes. On, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I was I was going to say on, on this one. I mean, the the exact response was that we um, we are cutting down on the. Uh, the rewards are for the lower tiers of players because yeah. we feel that it would push them into the it would allow them to buy the higher level ships a lot faster than they normally would and thus miss out on some of the more interesting parts of the game when using the lower ships which if you'd asked me when I actually started this I probably would went no but having restarted all over again, I, I, I can see their point because when you're going from the Sidewinder to the Cobra, because we were all lucky enough to get the Cobra in the first place, um, we did miss out on something. 
and they, they've said that if they, if you kind of miss out on that, then you're not really going to have the skills or the ability to handle the bigger ships later on. Yeah, and, I, this, and this is what I this is what Ed said. This is what Ed said in his post. He's saying that you know they want they don't want people to miss out on that early game, and they don't want. Uh, and, and, and yeah, and they don't want you know they, they they want people to feel that once they've got into a higher ship that they've kind of gone through all the basics of the lower ships, which they say teaches you all the skills that you need for the bigger ships. Um, I'm interested to know whether that's true or not. But the thing the thing I'm interested in there's a couple of points I want to cover, and I, I do want to talk. You know, we do also want to cover why people are unhappy about this, and I think part of it is because there's been various mi- miscommunication. So, for example, in Twitch tonight, someone was saying. Um, that there was a thing about how crew don't get combat rank. And one of the things that Ed said in his latest update is that your combat rank will increase through combat when you are part of a multi-crew. Mm-hmm. So they've clarified that in black and white for this week. Um, they have said that you're not going to get any um, exploration rank or exploration yeah. money, Which I think makes sense, because if someone goes out and does like a trip out into the black, goes around the entire circumference of the galaxy and comes back, and then you jump on their ship when they go and cash it in. You shouldn't be getting any of that. It does mean that multi-crewing exploration ships isn't really going to be a thing. Well, it's not It's not at the moment. I mean, they've got to... I think what they're doing at the moment is they've, they've, they've put their heart on their sleeves here and said, right, we're going to put the multi-crew in, is it can't be it, we don't have the time or the resources to put everything in so we're going to give it this section here and if multi crew takes off then we'll look on expanding it now obviously when you're actually multi crewing an exploration there would be things that you'd be able to do like you know uh, well you can't actually use the gunner thing when you're uh, in super cruise can you but there are you know they've left the door open for further functionality down the line you're saying that Frontier are wanting to expand this later on down the line, but I have a real concern that if multi-crew doesn't get taken up, it'll go the way of PowerPlay or CQC or something like that. And I am very worried that if a commander can easily make more money not doing multi-crew... Yeah. Or, you know, by doing any other way of playing together, I will make a lot more money with you. Most commanders will go off and form a wing with each other rather than multi-crew with each other. And if that's the case, then no one's going to use multi-crew. So multi-crew is not going to be actively developed. <clears throat> and we could lose a great system. Okay. Yeah, I think th- this is one of the things I wanted to cover because it, at this point, though, is it not essentially... Are we not basically just haggling? I mean, is this not really about balance? There's two fundamental things. There's either there's either you pay everybody exactly the same when you get a bounty or you scale the bounty based on their level in the game. I mean, those are the two decisions. Now, now how you scale that that sharing is really a question of game balance. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. What should happen is, say I'm a, you know, let's say I'm a uh, m- mostly harmless player. I can go out, you know, people, you've done these tests. 
you can go out and you can say, well, based on me being a mostly harmless player in a combat sidewinder, I can earn this amount of money doing combat. What I should be able to do is if I join in with a multi-crew session, I should be able to earn slightly more than I would be able to earn on my own. I mean, that's the that's the carrot to get you into the multi-crew feature, isn't it? You've got to be thinking, if I team up with other people, my earning potential in the game should be higher than me doing it on my own. Now, if you agree with that, then surely the point is that you... Um, I've lost my train of thought. Surely, surely the point with that is that it's about balancing how much you share it. Because if, if at the moment your, your harmless and mostly harmless commanders aren't getting enough compared to what they do on their own, then clearly their, their share should be increased. But I don't think it's necessarily about scaling the money being wrong. It's about getting those numbers right. And I've said it before, I think it's one of these things that you just have to put it live and then tweak it. In the same way that with the missions, they're constantly adjusting how much money you get for completing a particular mission. I got a million credits the other day for going to a planet and picking up a cargo pod. Wow. So, I know, right? It was, it, was, it, was an, it was an escape pod retrieval mission. And there were a couple of little quirks about it, like there was no nav data for the system, um, so I had to go... Oh, you know, I'm in my vulture, so I didn't have any yeah. nav discovery scanner or anything, so I had to go to the nav beacon and that. But the point is, I mean, that was a lot of money for a fairly simple mission. If you were to take that top-down view of that, you wouldn't say, well, we're going to give people a million quid every time they go and <laughs> pick up a thing. But this is what I'm saying, is, you know, is this a question of balance, or is it that the decision to split bounties more uh, you know completely is completely wrong because that's only really the two sides of it if you've just got the numbers wrong then that's balance but if the feature is wrong then that's a criticism does that make sense i think that makes sense and i'd agree with you i think i, th I think it is a balancing issue you know i think the current figures are too low i think 100 percent for each of us is too high so the right amount is somewhere in the middle yeah now there is a thing um, some so someone's suggesting something in Twitch chat that I have considered myself, which is that bounties should be based on percentage of um, damage dealt. I'm not sure that that works for multi-crew, because I think I think if the multi-crew is going to work well, and from my limited experience of it, I think if you have people manning your turrets and your fighters, you're going to take a slightly different um, approach to combat than you would do if you were just flying yourself. I expect that the helm is perhaps not going to be quite as much pew-pewing if they've got people in turrets. Um, I mean, I suppose your primary weapons are still up front, but I just I just think for multi-crew, a share of the damage dealt to the ship isn't necessarily a fair way to do it. Plus, you've got the fact that if, if you are sharing it, potentially your turret weapons actually don't do as much damage is if you've got fixed weapons on the front, because fixed weapons deliver a bigger hit. So I don't know that's necessarily the way to cheer people up. Um, I do. I have to say, though, I do think that in a wing, you should share the bounty based on damage dealt. And I know that this is probably would be, maybe the people would say this would kill wings, but I've found I've, I've gone out in a wing with people, oh dear, I've just seen your stream. Um, I've I found that people have gone out, uh, I've gone out with people in a wing, and I've gone out with someone who's like elite, and he's got like a cutter, and we go into like high res, and I just kind of sit under him like a remora, 
and, and sort of I make sure that I get lasers just to touch anything that he's shooting at and I get myself a share but I don't think that's necessarily you know that's kind of an exploit um, so I, I sort of feel like having a share of how much damage you've actually done I don't know if it'd kill it or not I mean it would certainly it would discourage me from winging up with somebody in a cutter because they would be doing 90, 90% of the damage um, and I, th I think it depends. On, I mean, I think if you're in a fighter, even though the cutter is maybe doing the main damage, the fighter can really distract things. And I've accidentally mm. gone off and inadvertently griefed. Um, I, was it? I can't remember who, who's. I'm sorry, whoever I just jumped into, whose ship I just jumped into, but I accidentally went off. Well, not accidentally. I went off and demonstrated a potential griefing issue with multi crew by maybe firing on the station <laughs> this, this is what i did to you last week i was in your turret and i just decided Basically, to open fire yes. on the police and what was great about that what was great about that is when i jumped back into my ship after you kicked me uh, or after you got blown up or something um i i, I wasn't wanted yeah brilliant so it's a great way to break the law in somebody else's ship at the moment <laughs> I, i've accidentally gone off and caused a uh, corvette to get destroyed yeah i think uh, you're in beta, are you? friends there. You're in beta. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it's all in beta. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so I am sorry, Titus Balls, honest. <laughs> but I think, do you know what? I think it is a really tricky balance between with Frontier introducing... You know, whenever you introduce a new feature, you are in danger of unbalancing the game. And I think you have to allow that Frontier have got a vision for what, what they want it to be. And you have to not just... And, you know, immediately call for a petition for things just because it isn't exactly the way you want it. Because exactly the way you want it isn't going to be exactly the way everybody else is going to want it. Um, yeah. And it's massively disillusioned to think that. But I think if they release a feature and it's clearly not working for a particular reason, uh, like with, you know, arguably like with the thing people were saying about how they didn't seem to be looking into um, combat loggers in the way that they said they would look into combat loggers. I think it's something that they need to just put the features live, suck it and see, and then adjust the numbers until it works. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, that's the, I think that's the only way you can... I think that's the only way you can change a feature. I mean, I would really hate Frontier's update to be really conservative, because one of the things that killed Pokemon for me a little bit uh, is the fact that every time they introduce a new generation of monsters, you've either got new creatures introduced that just totally wreck the balance of the game, or you get creatures being introduced that are so bland, they don't change the balance of the game at all. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, people don't, people don't like change. You kind of feel like, well, maybe people would be happier if Frontier just didn't introduce new features. I mean, people are complaining about a feature they haven't even got yet. Yes. And it's a feature that Frontier are actively testing, manipulating and playing with. Um, yeah, I've got no idea what Frontier are going to do, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if they deliberately set it too high, deliberately set it too low, and are basically monitoring the situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's, they're smart yeah. guys. 
they are they are very smart guys and they are you know and the thing is they are as passionate but in fact they are probably more passionate <laughs> than, than the players because i mean they're the people that spend hours every day making it and are still making this game three years after it's been released and are pursuing it you know i play lots of games that have been abandoned by the devs um and frontier have definitely not done that so i think you know you have to accept that frontier are trying to make a game that loads of people really like i think it's impossible to make a game that everybody's going to like um but i think sometimes that you know the suggestion on the front forums that frontier don't understand the game they're making or you know everything that you have in the game that you do like frontier have made it's not like that stuff happens accidentally and now frontier are coming along and adding something that they don't understand everything is a question of experimentation and and, and kind of balance so we'll see and we've and got a comment here in twitch that i think you'll like yeah this is from calturn uh, i just wish they'd let loners like me get new stuff instead of it all being about multiplayer and or guns and shields grumble yeah. Absolutely. You, I, I think you could emphasise with that, can't you, Chris? Yeah, yeah if, you, if you... I mean, that, that's the thing. It's very easy for me not to get upset by a thing like bounty sharing in multi-crew because as someone who plays in uh, <laughs> solo and private groups most of the time, it's not really going to affect me. If something affects the PvP balance, it's not going to affect me. So <laughs> I, can, I can be fairly phlegmatic about the whole thing. But, um, but yeah, no, because that was one of the other things is that you know, Ed had said that they wanted multi-crew payouts to reflect the risk. And it is true that the person who is the host of the multi-crew is risking their ship. You know, the people the people who come and join in aren't really risking anything. And then somebody said, well, maybe you should get more of a payout if you're playing in open, because that's more of a risk than playing anywhere else. And I just thought, ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Someone just blew me up. How rude. It wasn't me. The decision just blew me up. I think. (laughs) What for? And there's this this little piddly little fighter that just came bashing into me. I got the blame for it. (laughs) Actually, you've just you've just reminded me. I've realised grief. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I've I've realised I need some sound effects of the uh, station lasers firing. So at some point, while beta is still going on, I need to get in and and, uh, agitate (laughs) a station so I can record that. I was expecting you to say I need to get sound effects of a woman joking. Yeah. And there's a there's a valid point here. So Coldzor said in Twitch, Ed's post about not boosting new players. They should take your other ranks into account. Since a player that's elite in exploration or trade isn't a new player, and they won't be missing out on the early game. So what he's basically saying is you could be harmless in combat, but you might be elite in exploration and trade. So why should you be getting yep. tiny amounts of money? Agree with probably there. Because it's a combat. Because it, it, it is combat. If, if they've worked out ways to... Um, once they work out ways to do exploration in multi-crew, then you get... Yeah, then your exploration bonus would come into effect, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, though, someone who's already elite in those other two ranks, they're going to be used to be making a certain amount of money. So it's someone who has maybe left the combat thing to last isn't going to get involved in multi-crew because if they're used to making... Although I suppose maybe they don't need the money. They just want the combat ranking. Yeah. but You, you still get the combat ranking. Yeah. I, get, I just think it's... I really do think it's just a question of balance. 
And I'm sorry, but I, I just don't think you can get balance right in a short-term closed beta. <coughs> I just don't. I don't. I don't believe it's possible. I think. I know everyone criticises companies like Microsoft for just releasing stuff and letting the general public <laughs> find all the bugs. But I think realistically, there are certain bugs and certain elements of balancing that you just can't work out until you've put it live and have the whole player base trying it. That's just well, see, one of the thing. One of the things they're trying to avoid is another kind of something exploity, uh, just like the um, the mission stacking and the uh, and uh, basically, some of some of the old trade runs. I mean, yes, yeah. you can do them, but they're against the spirit of the game. Do you know, what? I'm I'm I'm, this, I'm going to be careful here because I'm I'm dangerously close to another multiplayer PvP open rant. But what I'd say yeah. is, there is a part of me that feels like with exploits in games, if you are taking on an exploit, which means you miss half the game and make loads of money really quickly and go straight to an anaconda, really the only person you're ruining the game for is yourself. Yeah, and you, in, in a single-player game, yeah, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I can sit down... I was looking at a point-and-click adventure the other day that looks amazing. If I just go and get a written walkthrough or a video of the game and just sit and follow the walkthrough step-by-step step and do the whole thing... That, that doesn't affect, you know, the, the existence of that walkthrough, just skipping you to the end of the game, doesn't affect anyone but me. I've missed mm -hmm. the game, I've missed out on the gameplay, I've missed out on the experience. Now the problem is to do with multiplayer and PvP, because someone can just come straight into the game, and the argument is they can get straight up to like an anaconda or whatever, without really putting in an amount of work. But that, does that really affect me? I mean, again, with PvP, maybe it does. But then you've got somebody... I mean, it doesn't really matter how long it's taken you to get into an anaconda. If you face somebody in an, in an anaconda and you're in a lower ship, you're at a disadvantage. You're actually at slightly less of a disadvantage if they've got into an anaconda before they've learned how to fly it. But you're still at a disadvantage. So I think... As, as we saw the other week... Um, okay, I'll... You know, Steve Kirby, Kirby's awesome, but he's not a he's not the same level of pilot as say Harry Potter is or something like that. Neither am I. You know, I am not a yeah. PvP combat pilot. But I would like to think I can at least hold my own. Um where so the other week Steve went off and shot me in a I think it was a federal assault ship or a federal gunship, and I was only in a fighter. Now, that yeah. is a massive, massive <laughs> A difference in in potential firepower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and but I, in a fighter, was able to get behind him and stay behind him and maneuver well enough that I I could basically keep riding and shooting him, and he wasn't able to turn and get an angle on me. Mm. So even though we had that d disproportion in firepower, I was still happily defeating him. Up until the fact I got kicked for uh, for breaking the bounty hunting thing and being naughty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's difficult though because, like I say, from 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 my point of view, you're only ruining the game for yourself if you fast track through the the you know the, the progression. At the same time, from Frontier's point of view, they're trying to make a game which everybody enjoys, and if you put something in front of people that as part of the game, 
that allows you to make a lot of money very quickly then then in a sense frontiers design is responsible for you missing out on the game i mean what frontiers job is to to create a game that allows you to progress through the game at a kind of good rate and i don't think there's a comment in twitch about there being a lot of original player envy i mean the thing is we've been how long have we been playing this game three years yeah coming up three years two and a half since since launch isn't it um, two and a half since launch, we've been playing for three and a half, if you include, include all the alphas. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, the thing is, I've been playing this game all of that time, and I'm still in an asp. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, 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 in two and a half years, I haven't racked up enough credits to even buy a python, let alone an anaconda. So, realistically, if somebody else has taken a year to do that, they have still progressed in the game faster than I have. <laughs> So in a, in in from the point of view of other players getting ahead on ships that I don't have, it really again that's something that doesn't matter to me. But I I do think that if you create a game and there is something in it that effectively allows you to spoil the ending of it yourself, and it does so in a way that is put right in front of you, then I think that is something Frontier need to deal with. It's a little bit like the laws over file sharing. They you you can't be the people that they prosecute for file sharing, they only prosecute the people who are uploading stuff. They don't prosecute people for downloading freely available movies and TV shows. <laughs> and the reason is because if something's out there and you can physically put your hands on it, it's not really your fault if you go and do it, to a point. I'm aware that that's quite a broad statement and doesn't cover things like shoplifting and that sort of thing. But my point is, if the game design allows you to do something is it really wrong to do it so it's frontier's job to restrict the things that you can do that are potentially game-breaking for yourself and i think that's why they have to add these kind of restrictions i mean just to take a straw poll i mean do you think that they've got this approach right i mean we're both we're all of the agreement that the the same amount of bounty for everybody was a bad idea I don't know that we are all of that agreement. Oh, no, I, okay, I think, well, I, sorry, I think we are. I am. Yeah, I think we are. But what I'm saying yeah. is that the people who are concerned about it on the forums just seem to think that a bounty should be a bounty regardless. But this is my point I'm saying earlier is, is it that the actual intent is right, they just need to get the numbers balanced? Or is it that the idea of not getting all of a bounty is fundamentally wrong? Because I don't see that it is. Yeah, I mean... Mm. I mean, I've, I'm actually, I think it's absolutely fine. So I'm, I'm probably one of these people that, that they'll hate uh, on the forums because a lot of the people who were <coughs> complaining about this bounty issue said, oh, we've got a whole load of friends of ours who used to play and we'll come back for this. That yeah. seemed to be the main argument. And I'm there going... Yeah, they'll well, come they're back for gonna... easy money. Yeah, but they're still going to get the money. Mm. Just they won't get the anaconda in the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the problem is, is I think we as a lay radio crew don't really have the kind of understanding of people that play Elite to make lots of in-game money. I don't think that's, I don't think that's why any of us play it no. on this show. It's not, not me. Um, but, I mean, but you see it, I mean, you see it on things like on Facebook, you see posting in the Elite Dangerous groups, like, what's the quickest way I can make loads of money? People are, you know, people are looking at that. But I do think, I, just, I, I want to kind of close off this topic and, and, and move on to, to other stuff, particularly stuff that's more fun. <laughs> um, 
I think that I, I do think that the balance with this needs to be the same as with wings, the same as for multi crew. It needs to, regardless of what level you're at, it should pay out slightly more than you could do if you were working on your own. That's got that to be the intent, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think it does because you're not taking any risk. Yeah, but to be well, well, yeah, I I can't comment back to I can't really remember back to when I was in a sidewinder. Or, but I, I remember, you know, when I eventually was, I did some bounty hunting and things like that, and an eagle and things, and I wasn't really taking any risk when I was in an eagle or a sidewinder either. You know, the only mistakes I, re the only times I died in the early game were due to me getting careless for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And so long as I'm on the ball, I'm all right. So I, I don't know how much of a risk you're taking even then. Now, obviously, you've got repairs and things like that to maybe pay for. But the repair on a Sidewinder's pennies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I would think, yeah, okay. I think um, we've kind of done it to death, haven't we, really? I think I think it's, it's, it's going to go live. I think we have to just let Frontier balance it. Um, and see what happens, and you know, I don't know. Let the flounces flounce. So, with that in mind, uh, I think we have reached a we have reached a very appropriate time uh, in the show for a, a bit of a song. We're gonna we're gonna cut to a bit of a song. Uh, this is a now, uh, Ben. Who is this by? Oh, thank you for giving me two seconds to actually bring my show notes up. Sorry, uh, this is by. Commander Archimedes, uh, who's asked us, who, who did this, um, he also did the Galcop videos, I believe, it's the same person who did that. Okay, cool. And he can be found over on Radio Skvortsov, S-K-V-O-R-T-S-O-V, Skvortsov, I think which can basically be found over on radio.entropy101.com and entropy101.com is a lot easier to remember and for me to say at least than Skvotskov no, Skvotskov, sorry <laughs> Worst shout out ever but yes, thank you The song's awesome <laughs> The song is awesome, we're going to play it this is, this is called The Ballad of Ed and Sandro and it is dedicated as well to everybody who is waiting for 2.3 to drop Boston, from the bridge of Alberta land. The folks watching Pax said you make money too fast. You know they didn't even give us a chance. Christ, you know it ain't easy. You know how hard it can be. The way things are going, we'll never make 2.3. Finally got the beta to test us. Fix the bugs in a week The 
And there you go. So true. It's good. That's such a great song. The lyrics are so good. So there you go. That was uh, 2.3. So moving on, uh, this weekend saw uh, Elite Meet. I don't know. Do they call it Elite Meet 2017? Or is that not a thing? Elite Meet Bristol 2017, something like that. Uh, We were down at the Mercure Hotel in Bristol. Uh, A meeting of all kinds of Elite Dangerous players. Although I think... Probably quite a Hutton Trucker's bias, is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> Not exclusively. Very poor, very poor Elvis impersonation there. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thoughts about Elite Meat. Um, ben, what was, what was your sort of highlight of Elite Meat? What were your thoughts about the weekend? Uh, uh, my highlight of a week meet, what would that be? Probably, actually, I think my highlight of a week elite meet was playing Zombicide, which is something I've never done before. Uh, I saw it at LaveCon last year, but I didn't get round to it. And when I saw it was around, it was available this week, uh, this weekend, I was like, right, I'm going to have to have a go at that. And I managed to go and have a go. And I did that with John from edrpg and some other folk and we had a great blast i loved it awesome uh colin what was your well i say what was your highlight i know what you spent most <laughs> of elite me doing so <laughs> yes well i mean i took the elite miniatures game down to elite meet uh, and had it all set up and i thought i could run um four games or so in the eight hours i had <laughs> And, and still had time to, to putter about and, and see what was there. Unfortunately, it turned out that my that um, most of my time was taken up with running the miniatures games. And uh, basically, at the end of the, the day, I was exhausted. But it was very good. And I must thank every single 
person that came along or commented on on the game or played the game. Um, we had quite a few um, exciting matches and silly manoeuvres. Um, I think the special mention still has to go to to come uh, to to Dan Grubb because uh, basically he managed to boost his way into the sights of um, let's see it'd be a, a viper, two eagles, and a Ferdinand's, and then was quite surprised why they all shot him. Okay, that's almost as good as my initial manoeuvre, which nearly took me completely off the map. Yes, that that was. <laughs> that was quite amusing. Mm. Did you get useful information for kind of tweaking and adjusting the rules, or did it pretty much work as it is? Or and to tell you the truth, I was quite surprised. I thought I would have to tweak a few things, but um, I mean, this game has been in development with both myself and Dave Hughes for you know almost two years now, and um, it's I think it's pretty much there. Um, We've got a lot of positive feedback on there, and a lot of people saying, "When's the Kickstarter?" And I'm going, "There's not one at the <laughs> moment because because yeah, it's a fan made thing." Uh, yeah. And um, I mean, I have had feedback from Frontier about the thing. Um, they want more professional layouts and and more professional models. So I am actually looking into that at the moment. But the game went down an absolute storm. I mean, there wasn't one person who didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Which was uh, which, which was great, but it was very, um, uh, it was very uh, exhausting to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's very different. You know, it's very different to design something, um, and but to actually, you know, play a lot of games and to get loads of different people trying stuff. You know, presumably it must inevitably um, come, things must inevitably come up that you didn't think of. Uh, at this moment in time. Everything did seem to um, fall into place. There wasn't. Excellent. There, were, there, there weren't uh, some of the surprises that we had in in previous um, sessions, if you see what I mean. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it went down a storm. Uh, we had uh, Zach joined in for for a quick game, and uh, I don't know why my turrets are firing in my in, in my ship. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was a it was a laugh, and I must admit, I think everybody who, and I'll, I'll thank again everybody who that paid a compliment or came over and took photos. It was it was good to see. Presumably, a good comment in Twitch. Uh, Titus Balls is saying he played it at Lavecom. How much has mm -hmm. it changed since Lavecom? Um, it, it's changed. It's changed a little. Um, that there, are, I put in new templates again, so that it is now back to how it was, the previous version. But the balance between the ships has been refined a lot more, uh, and so uh, a lot of the ships, before, it the most of the stats worked on a, a range of one to five, but that didn't really give us enough variation to handle all of the elite. Um, uh, ships, to be honest, because uh, there there are far too many. Uh, there's far too many variables. That there are so many ships that it it gets difficult to differentiate between a viper uh, and a cobra because the, their flight models are, uh, their flight statistics rather are quite close uh, in the old system. Well, in this system, well, in this system, then the new system that I've got, the stats have been changed in such a way that. Um, 
flying a Cobra has got a slight advantage over a Viper, and it all comes down to the pilot, because the pilot stats have been changed, not extensively, but in, an, in a new way. And, and I've tried to make it so that the combat flows faster as well. Cool. Yes. But I will say one thing. Um, you normally, normally in this case, if you have one ship, you have to be careful when you're outnumbered. Because one of the things that well, we have tried to do, and I think we've managed to capture this quite successfully, is that you're very good at dodging one other person's uh, laser fire, but when you've got another person firing on you as well, well, things get a bit more difficult for you then. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so moving on to me, uh, my highlight of Elite Me, I have to say, I think this sounds like a very, kind of really cheesy uh, my highlight was all of you kind of thing. Um, but I do think... <laughs> I do think it was really nice to kind of see everybody. I mean, there's quite a lot of people that really were at Elite Meet that, you know, for, because of things like LaveCon and other Elite Meets and various gaming events that we kind of see on the sort of semi-regular. Um, and I think the winter is a bit of a... Uh, there's a bit of a kind of dearth of gaming events. So really, you know, we ha I haven't seen a lot of the kind of Elite Dangerous peeps for some, you know, really till kind of the end of last summer. So it was just, I mean, just from my point of view, it was just nice to see a lot of people again um, that I haven't seen for a few months. Um, Indeed. I ended up mm. playing, I ended up playing my absolute favourite board game again, uh, which was good and bad. I, I saw it there. I was going to take mine and I'd seen a photo on the Friday night of the partic this particular board game on a table. I thought I won't take mine then. And I saw it there and I thought, I'm not going to play it because I own it and I play it a lot at home. But the problem is, it's a board game I love so much, I ended up playing it anyway. <laughs> I just couldn't resist playing it, I'd love it. What was the board game called? Uh, it's uh, Above and Below, which ah, is yes. a very exciting mix of town building and choose-your-own-adventure. So you build a little village above ground, but then you also send your villagers underground to go on adventures, and there is an encounters book of something like 300 encounters, uh, where you sort of make role-playing choices and roll dice and, and meet characters. And it's just a really nice mix of kind of role-playing and town building. Um, and Zach and Ed played that with me and um, Sam uh, Stanley. What's Sam Stanley's commander name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. Put a call. Sam, what's your commander name? I thought this was. I thought this was a known thing. It's funny because sometimes, sometimes you know people's commander names, you don't know the real names, and in other instances, you know the real names, you don't know who they are in game. But yeah, that was that was really good, and also I really enjoyed Artemis this time. I don't know. Again, I missed it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I didn't have proper time to commit to it previously, but I, uh, I played a couple of games of it and had an absolute blast. Really enjoyed it. I think they might have actually slightly improved it as well. I don't know if the game's been patched since I last played it, but it seemed to be better. Mm. I recall Visu visually and gameplay wise. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. Anyway, I know they've added in fighters, but I haven't tried them yet. Oh, okay. The other thing that looked great was the um, there was some VR, quite a few VR rigs set up, and there was some sort of running around streets shooting robots game, which I didn't get to play. But frankly, you don't you don't I need did. to play it. You just need to watch Chris Carpenter play it because, <laughs> because he has all the excitement and does all the moves. And at one point, even inside his headset, I had to tell him to pull his trousers up because he was about to lose them because he was Ooh. jumping around very excitedly. Now, see, I was very tempted to run over and just pull them down. 
Um, although at, at that moment in time, I believe I was actually playing some of the obligatory cards against humanity, oh, which yeah. probably puts me into that kind of frame of mind anyway. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fantastic uh, convention. Props to everyone who worked so hard to make it happen. Um, I'm not going to name who those people are because I'm not sure I would get the list of people right. I know certainly Dave Pearson, the two Walcotts, Mike um, Snoz and Carl. I believe Karash was doing some things with the organisation of it. Um, I know that Pete Wotherspoon, who does Galnet, was... I don't know how much he was doing with the running of it, but I know he was helping run some of the stands. Fletch was on the door, as usual, as he is for LabeCon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and many, many others probably. Yeah. It, um, it would. It was. This is why we need. This hum- is why we need Grant. But Grant's mm. broken still. Yes. 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 I mean, I must admit, it did take me. It, it has taken me a f- quite a few days to recover from it, <laughs> mostly because of travelling down to Bristol from Manchester and back in a day. I wouldn't advise <laughs> that anymore. I really wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 And a bit of a shout out, and I think I don't want to kind of uh, I don't want to kind of miss anybody out with this, but I do also want to give a bit of a shout out to the Pixel Bandits who had a pretty oh, good yes, presence. Of course. Yes, yes, pretty good yes. presence there this weekend, uh, and they had their home brewed Pixel Bandits beer, which they put in the uh, raffle. Uh-huh. Yes, and uh, we, they we also gave us gifts to one or two people, which yes, was very nice of them. We also had one of the Pixel Bandits play the Elite Miniatures game. So, as as Dave, no, as as Ben was representing Lave Radio, and I had to be neutral. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Pixel Bandits wiped the floor with us. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I hope I hope we don't hear more you, of it. You lumbered so. me with Commander Psycho Cow's Commander. Well, yeah, admittedly. The- the Psycho Cow Commander um, character anyway, was the first one to die every single game. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, though, you know, they didn't... Re- you know, I was alive at the end of the game. Yes. So, you know... But you're still lost. Not, I, I didn't win, but I was still alive. <laughs> By about one hull point. <laughs> mm. <laughs> What one slight uh, no, of flatulence I... would probably make your ship fall apart? <laughs> I don't. Did, I don't think my ship did get damaged, did it? Well, at, the, at that time, uh, one, uh, one of the remember. things that did happen to me though was I got a lot of free beer. So I think the, the third or the fourth yeah. game would make me a bit woozy. <laughs> there was that. There was that. Uh, yeah. But also, I, I don't think we'd have been we'd be doing necessarily doing our job if we didn't also give a shout out to Special Effect, who had a presence there yes. at Elite Meet. Yep. Uh, they were demonstrating. Uh, Nummy, I think her name was. Okay. Uh, they, she was demonstrating the Toby eye tracker. Uh, using using Minecraft rather than Elite Dangerous. Uh, but it was really interesting. I mean, I couldn't. I'll be, I'll be totally honest. I was incapable of doing it. Uh, I think I managed to place some blocks on the ground in Minecraft in a circle. But I think it really is. A kind of a, a bit of a skill to control this thing with your eyes, but you can definitely see how somebody who doesn't have kind of any motor function below the neck would really benefit from using, you know, something like the Toby Eye Tracker. And that's not just picking up the Toby Eye Tracker, but also, you know, wanting to big up special effect for f- raising funds 
in order to be able to get these trackers to people that you know that need them and that is their kind of uh, for those of you who don't know special effect are a charity uh, they are actually i discovered this weekend they are games charity of the year uh, and they are also heavily supported by the elite dangerous community and frontier themselves and they uh, basically are a charity which provide controllers and modifications to allow people with disabilities of one sort or another to still be able to enjoy gaming whether that's modified controllers you know or whether that's changed game setups or voice controllers or eye trackers these sorts of things they do absolutely fantastic work uh and yeah it was really great to see them uh there this weekend and they they contributed cool stuff to the raffle and frontier had contributed cool stuff to the raffle and I like to think I, I con- win any of it. <laughs> I like to think I contributed some cool stuff to the raffle. Although I did, there were a couple of instances where people won. There was somebody that won an Escape Velocity Season Three USB card, and from the look on her face, I thought I better grab her before she leaves and explain what it is that she's just won because she clearly hadn't heard of it. Uh, so there's that. That's always a humbling experience. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think the. I mean the. There was two. Well, the two key prizes the. Frontier gave were give, gave away or donated the T sixteen thousand hot ass plus um, the rudder pedals mm-hmm. um, and also the first Z mouse or Z mouse in the production line in the UK was one of the prizes as well. So that and that was won by Dobbo, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. That, that, yeah, mm. there, there, oh, was, there was one. There, was, there, there was some really else. nice um, things in there. Sorry. Yeah, um, the Elite Dangerous role-playing game, uh, the guys, yeah, he had a, um, John had a little bit of a speech, but they gave away the equivalent of the £80 yes. uh, pledge prize, which was quite nice. This is, yeah, this is the role-playing book and all of the other source books. In fact, that is an excellent reminder. This is a very good point in the podcast to shout out the Elite Dangerous role-playing game. They are one of our official sponsors for LaveCon 2017. Uh, They have completed on their Kickstarter and are looking at uh, getting the book basically shipped for August. Uh, We will be providing you with news once the ability to pre-order that goes up, but you will certainly be hearing lots more from Lave Radio about the Elite Dangerous role-playing game, uh, because this is a fantastic opportunity to play within the Elite Dangerous universe, but in a tabletop way, so you can create your own adventures, you can do things you can't do in the game, you can explore places you can't explore in the game, and you can generally have a great time. So that is the Elite Dangerous RPG. Oh, I got my wrist slapped over that. Uh, John comes up to us and sort of says, you know, you got it wrong. And I went, oh, did I? Apparently, um, the one of the stretch goals, I thought it was, we were going to get an art book from Josh Attack. And I was wrong. Apparently, what there was, was they were going to actually include Josh Attack's work and a lot more professional artwork in the main books themselves. Yes, they are working with, I think, I can't remember the latest update, they are working with um, either three or four artists, I can't remember which it is. So there is Kevin Kevin Massey, Josh Attack, uh, other guy, Frontier. I can't remember either, they're they're Frontier, they're guys who do all the art for Frontier, aren't they? Was it Matt something? But the, the point anyway. was that as, as soon as I said that in on, on the show, <laughs> poor John got inundated with, with a whole lot of emails going, are we getting an art book as well? <laughs> so um, I, I do have to apologise to John yet again. 
It's always nice to hear that Lave Radio listeners responding to something counts as being inundated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Especially, do you know what? I have to share. I have to share this. You can get your tiny violins out for this. I did my little shout out the other week. Um, sharing my enthusiasm for all things Power Rangers and suggesting that I might do a live stream of Chroma Squad, which is a, a PC game, which is heavily inspired by Power Rangers. And I said if anybody would watch a live stream of Chroma Squad and talk about Power Rangers to, to message me or uh, on, on Facebook or Twitter to let me know. Uh-huh. Do you know what? Do you know how many responses I got? Three? Z- zero. I, well. got, I got actual... I got total radio. Nobody cares about Power Rangers that listens to Live Radio, um, I, I <laughs> which might, is fine. I might, I, I might say I think you do go for the most of the more of the niche markets, Chris. I do. I, I do I, like I my can't. niche. I do like my niche yeah, games. Yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to see where the Venn diagram of Animal Crossing and Elite Dangerous overlap. It's I, me. I don't think it does. It's I think me. apart from you, it, it overlaps in one. <laughs> yeah, no. There is a little bit. There is a little bit more overlap because you'd be surprised how many Elite Dangerous players I get saying, "Are you going to do any more of that Animal Crossing thing?" I really liked it, but uh, maybe maybe Power Rangers is a step too far. I think people are missing out. I've heard that the new movie is great. I'm looking forward to going and seeing it at some point. Apparently so. Um, mm. uh, mind you, you you've already seen the Ghost in the Shell thing, haven't you? I did go and see Ghost in the Shell. Mm. I didn't hate it. I think I just no, I, I don't generally like remakes, and ah. I think the I think it was slightly sullied for me by the fact that I was watching the movie, and because I know what Ghost in the Shell is about, it was kind of like watching a film that I've seen before, and so it wasn't really that exciting. But my wife really enjoyed it. I mean, she's not seen the anime, and she thought it was great. So, yeah, a lot of know. people have said that. Sort of, if they didn't, if they hadn't been into it, they thought into it before. They've thought, oh, this is quite good, and a lot of the purists don't seem to like it. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, like I say, I just don't really, generally not excited particularly about about straight remakes. I mean, because it was rather than them than taking the Ghost in the Shell and kind of making a new movie, they'd reproduced a lot of the scenes from the original film. So I kind of watched it and was a bit like, you know, well, I've seen this, I've seen this fight before, or I've seen this idea before. So um, I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. I'm not, you know. So, I mean, it's it's. I've not seen the anime or the film yet. And it, mm-hmm. it's sounding to me like they're maybe hoping to introduce the series to a wider audience, maybe. Well, they're certainly, yeah, to a more Western audience, that's for sure. Well, yeah. Uh, um, I, w- I would say, Ben, it's probably right up your street. Yeah. I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's a shame, because I think of, of a lot of the animators out there, I think actually Ghost in the Shell has a pretty big Western audience, and it is one of the more mainstream... I think that you know there was a time where if you mentioned Japanese animated movies, the only two that people could name were Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Really, um, I thought most of them would say, "Isn't that what you call tentacle porn?" Oh, was it Freeman or something like that? So I think that crying, was the Crying Freeman. Yeah. Crying Freeman. That's what I watched back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, and, and the fact that people you know refer to these films as manga. Oh, sorry about that. Um, is because you know. Um, the the company that brought a lot of these films over to the West were the company who called themselves manga, which is why people mm-hmm. refer to these films as manga, even though they're not they're not manga. Uh, but it is it is the manga company who brought these films to over to the West. Um, but yeah, but I mean, particularly until like um, particularly Studio Ghibli did have done a lot to kind of get more animated films 
from Japan seen over in the West because things like Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro and those movies are, are really big. But I think I think originally it was definitely just Akira and Ghost in the Shell were the kind of mm. uh, the big ones. But um, but yeah, I think you know American audiences just kind of like remakes. I mean, there are certain things that American audiences won't watch. Um, black and white stuff. If a good film is black and white, it'll get remade just because it's black and white. If it's a foreign film, it'll get remade just because, you know, they don't want to read subtitles. Um, I think people just... Stephen, Stephen, I was just asking about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion, I love that. I love Neon Genesis. So did I by the front the last two episodes, but less said about that, the better. It's turning into an (laughs) an anime podcast, which is... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a question from Twitch. Do we have any inside knowledge of why Lave 2 is permit locked? Lave 2 was originally always meant to be permit locked. Uh, the reason for that was that Alan Stroud's book, Lave Revolution, was obviously set in the the Lave system. And uh, during the early development of the game, the um, Frontier asked a lot of the official authors if there were any specific requests they had for things in-game, and Frontier would see whether they could accommodate it, and Alan requested that Lave 2 be permit-locked, so that he had some freedom, if there were ever a sequel, to kind of do stuff, to specify what was on the planet's surface. Um, Mm. A couple of things happened. One is that, you know, Frontier's process for kind of um, commissioning new fiction was never very sorted until recently, so that Lave Revolution sequel didn't happen. Um, and also, Frontier forgot to add the permit lock to Lave 2 when the game originally went live. And then in the last, I think in Horizons, when Horizons dropped, suddenly the permit lock for Lave 2 appeared. Um, so there you go, that's why Lave 2 is, is permit locked. So blame, blame Alan Stroud for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. Have we pretty much covered everything you want to say about Elite Meat? Um, I think so. I think the hotel like, was, yeah, they were, were talking venues. I think the food was, the food was good. And I don't know what other people's accommodation was, was like. My, mm. my, my room was very expensive for what was a tiny little box room. I mean, I wasn't in it for that long. So I you know, mm. don't really care all that much. But, um, yeah, that, that kind of didn't impress me massively. But, um, I should really take this opportunity to give a shout out to Commander a lot, and thank you very much, Commander, for letting me crash on your floor. Yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I thought the layout was pretty good actually. That we had uh, three rooms that were all in very close proximity to each other for kind of different content, which was excellent. Um, yes. I d- um, although I think me and Ben were a little bit disappointed with the beer, but apart from that, it was fine. What, on yeah, the bar? Yeah, not mention. Oh, just run out of beer again. Oh, okay. Uh, I think... Yeah, I don't know what it is with um, Frontier or Elite-based <laughs> conventions, but we always seem to run out of real ales. Is it because a lot of the Elite... No, not wanting to generalise too much, but it's because a lot of the uh, Elite crowd are middle-aged real ale drinkers. For re- dads. <laughs> yeah, real ale doesn't have a very good shelf life, so quite often places like hotels don't keep a very big stock of it. Possibly. It doesn't, doesn't keep terribly well. They did actually get some on later on in the evening again, so yeah. I was able to get a, a drink, but yeah, originally I was like, OK, well, you, your choices are here's a bottle of beer for £5, at which point I kind of had a minor heart attack. 
<laughs> There's another forum dad thing. Oh my god, how much is it for a beer? <laughs> I wouldn't mind, but it wasn't. Even, it was a nice enough beer, but yeah, I maybe this me being Scottish or whatever, but yeah, I object to paying five pounds for a bottled beer. Hotel bar prices. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Still taking the piss. I know, I know. Well, funny you should mention that. It, it did feel like it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I agree with Speed Mats. Go off and have a hip flask with Aldi gin in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For the mug. Yeah, and I think I think uh, so. The other thing that we had at uh, Elite Meet was we had a very special live edition of uh, Hutton Orbital Radio and yep. Galnet News. Which I presume both of those things are available to download. I didn't, not yet. I mean, the Pixel no. Bandits all, also did a, a live show, didn't yeah. they? I was going to say, Pixel Bandits yeah, did a show. Did. All right. Yep. But, did, uh, I missed uh, Wotherspoon's live down at News. Shit. I was, I was, I think this is when I was playing Zombicide. Hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm gutted I missed that live, actually. No, it's sorry, Wotherspoon. He was he was winding up um, Ed and Zach. It was it was funny. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much elite meat. I'm yeah. sure we'll, I'm sure we'll hear about it again next week when when Grant has recovered. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fairly. I don't I don't have any real idea of the figures that was raised for special effects, but I believe. That well over a thousand pounds was raised just in raffle tickets for special effect. Yeah. Oh, that's something I do want to say. I say I do want to say. I feel like the um, the raffle might have been slightly um, more uh, managed in terms of prizes this year. I didn't feel normally. Normally, the raffle just (laughs) makes me want to end my life because it just goes on and on and on and on. I think this time they had a good amount of stuff to give away so that we weren't there for literally two hours hearing numbers. Um, And Snods has actually just reminded us that the charities were special effect and hearing dogs. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Uh... Yeah, I think um yeah, so I think yeah, I think I think whatever that number of prizes was for the um for the for the raffle, I think that needs to be duplicated. <laughs> I don't know if anyone was keeping track of, of 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 how many things there were. Um but I seem to remember previous years, not just Elite Me, but also LaveCon, just oh. huge just endless mugs. Just mug after mug after mug after Popcorn! mug after mug. Okay. Yeah, I must. I'm, I must admit, when they said, "And now it's time for the raffle," I just my eyes rolled in the back of my head, thinking, <laughs> "I'm never going to finish this last game." <laughs> but thankfully, it was quite quick, so you know we did. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, well, that's everything from me about Elite Meat. Anything from you guys? No, no. I love this. I can't wait for the next one. I love it. Absolutely. Who and who knows? Because of the mobile nature of Elite Meat, who knows where the next one will be. Yeah. Uh, what have we had? Know, we've had know, Birmingham, we've had Glasgow, we've had Bristol. Maybe something Easting? Yeah. Well, Norwich? Didn't didn't someone say Kent? Or something like that? Oh, no, no, screw, no. Not the other side of London. Screw that. <laughs> no. Nothing nothing that involves going round London is the most. Sorry, apologies to anybody who lives in Kent, <laughs> but it is. It might as well be in France. <laughs> it might as well be in France. It'd be easier to get to, honestly. 
Sorry, I ran. I ran, I ran about Kent. <laughs> um, uh, I think somewhere. I think somewhere East Anglia-ish. I suppose it'd be handy because it's near um, near near frontier over at Cambridge Way. But somewhere like you know uh, Peterborough, or, or I suppose Lavecon is um, Nottingham, which isn't massively far from Peterborough. So I don't know. Maybe something Manchester way as well. Maybe Leeds. Oh, that that was that was quite a way. Oh, we've already had a Manchester one, haven't we? I did. Well, was that the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was the first one. Actually, yep. do you know uh, what? Do you know what? I've just seen a really good shout. Uh, Nottingham. I know I the could... <laughs> I know the guy who is the director of the National Video Game Arcade in Nottingham. It sounds to me like you're volunteering to to organise this, Chris. I am volunteering to suggest the National Video Game Arcade <laughs> as a venue. <laughs> To David Pearson. <laughs> I, I wonder who we know who's actually local to Nottingham that could actually take the reins on this. Does, does anybody anybody have any idea? No, but seriously, no I mean, no. I go to I go to events at the National Video Game Arcade all the time. It's a fantastic venue with some great rooms. Um, I like I say, I know the management there. I know lots of people who organise gaming events at the NVA on a regular occasion. Um, I it, obviously it doesn't have. Do they have beer? They have beer. They have snacks. They have sandwiches. They yeah. They don't have massive catering. They also don't have accommodation. So you would be looking to get accommodation at somewhere nearby. But actually, Nottingham is a pretty tight knit city centre, and there's a lot around. So that'd be that'd be my vote. Um, not like that necessarily counts for anything. I do just I think the National Video Game Arcade is a great venue, and I think it would be a brilliant focus for. Uh, elite meat, and I think if you want, if you were looking for interesting additional content in the way that this year we had some Xboxes set up around the side with some interesting different games, one of the things that's really good about the NVA is they have a relationship with Nottingham University who have a game design course, and the NVA quite regularly has demo pods set up of games that the students are making in their final year, and a lot of those final year games go on to become commercial releases so that's something in fact it would almost be really cool if you could combine somehow combine it with the game city festival but i think game city is already a big enough thing you wouldn't want to kind of add elite meat to it as well uh but yeah i will uh mike's saying in mike's noz is saying in chat uh, i will i will mention it to you mike i will send you over the details for the national video game arcade and i will i will either give you the name of the guy i know who's the director or i'll contact him myself for you uh, and put you put you in touch uh, so there we go. That might that, there you go. There's thoughts thoughts about Elite Meat 2018. Excited already. about it already. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on. We had uh, speaking of the Pixel Bandits who were at uh, Elite Meat, we had an email from Commander Gandhi McNabb from the Pixel Bandits. Uh, he sent us this very cool little thing. A quick heads up on something cool and a little bit elite related. My dad is involved with the Institute of Structural Engineers Educational Charity, which runs an annual International Young Engineers Design Competition. This year they decided on a space theme, so he foolishly asked me some ideas. I sent him a bunch of elite dangerous screenshots of Acellus and Coriolis space stations and said, what about one of these? Long story short... I'm going to click on the link. Uh, so the, the Institute of Young Structural Engineers has their competition this year is to design a space station. So 
So the instructions are basically to prepare a design for a modular construction space station that can be assembled in zero gravity conditions to orbit Mars and other major planets. So summing up, this is basically, this is a competition looking for young engineers, looking for innovation in engineering, uh, and it just, you know, sounds brilliant. So if that is your sort of thing, uh, you can go to, oh, it's a really long URL. What's the, is put it in the show notes. We'll put it in, <laughs> the, show in the show notes. We will put a link to the, comp the design competition in the show notes. If you know any young engineers or you consider yourself a young engineer, I don't know if there's an age cut off. Uh, you have to be under 25. So there you go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, brilliant. And he says, thank you for all your great work on the podcast keep doing what you do we do keep doing what we do even if people don't ask us to we keep doing what we do um do we have any questions no nope, we we've have received over the the internet the webs and so on has there okay. been in twitch i have not seen anything in twitch i have not seen anything recently in irc let me just double check uh, there's a suggestion in there to do uh, elite meet in the Netherlands. Well, you see, this is a thing. And um, if you, if you want to do an elite meet, do it yourself, because that's well, what everybody else does. Yeah. So if the, if you find there's an elite yeah, meet we, we, in your local <laughs> country, then organise it yourself. Yeah, we we mean that in a less we'll rude way. Out. Yeah, we mean that in a less rude way. We genuinely we are happy to support <laughs> and give shout outs to and give resources to wherever possible uh, anybody who wants to run their own elite meet in their own vicinity. I mean, you know, being a little bit or sensible. Indeed. Be a little indeed, sensible. The pizza meets that have been taken off as well. There have been little local pizza meets. I mean, realistically, if you say like you want to do an elite meet a month after an elite meet in a venue that is ten miles away from where the previous one is, you're probably not going to get a huge amount of support. But if, like, say for example, if you did want to do one in the Netherlands, you may well find that there is a lot of local elite dangerous community who'd love to come to it locally, and you may well find that there are people in the UK and other countries nearby that, that are happy to travel to uh, Netherlands for an elite meet. I would certainly enjoy the relaxed sexual laws and, and weed that is... <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, How many so, times do people in Holland actually go, oh, God, he's, that's what we're famous for now, isn't it? Schmuck, Forget schmuck. the tulips, that's what we're famous for. I'll go Great. for a schmoke and a pancake. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's that. So, sorry. Uh, oh, also, there is a mention here from Commander Babster in IRC chat. Of course, Elite Darts. Uh, Ian McNeil provided his uh, Elite Darts. I don't really want to talk about darts because I actually scored zero. I got more off, than you. Wow! Off nine, off nine darts, I failed to score a single point. I'm actually quite impressed with that, Chris. I know, right? <laughs> now, I will say this isn't because I didn't hit any pads, but when I did hit the pads, I hit them with the wrong size chip. <laughs> and I think I've realised the mistake in my strategy. I started with the smaller ship because in my mind I was thinking, I'll start by throwing the smaller ship and then like the, the bigger ships are harder to land. But actually it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. I should have started with the bigger ships because then once you've got your eye in, the smaller ships can land on anything. So my strategy, I'm blaming my strategy rather than my incapability at throwing darts, which is very well, much a thing. I have to admit, I didn't even know there were different chip sizes until watching somebody else playing earlier, playing after me, sorry, 
And then Ian went off and told them the rules. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. brilliant of, of Ian to organise that. And also, and perhaps again, slightly shaming for me, uh, Ian has kept all of the scores from all the previous events they are still painted on the board so i can see how badly i i scored at the the other elite events as well ah dear commander uh, pilot is saying ian is the the robbie coltrane hagrid of elite meat uh, i think that's fair yeah definitely he is he is, yeah, he, is, he, is, he, is he is a giant of a guy with a huge beard so i think hagrid is a very fair if you if you see him and ed next to each other that's definitely <laughs> just he's also got six some glasses on Ed with a little <laughs> with a little thunderbolt in his forehead. Yeah. So on. Mike is Mike is saying that the uh the the board of shame for Jarvis. I have to say, between my record low score at the Buckyball Kick the Alien race and my record low score at the Elite Darts, perhaps you understand why I don't engage in PvP all that often. <laughs> That's what I do. I do actually suck. Um, anyway, there we go. Uh, I was looking for questions, though. I don't see any questions other than those. Well, a Commander Pilot wanted to know what time I got back. Well, almost midnight. Oh. <laughs> I left at eight. Ouch. I got the eight o'clock train back and got back home at midnight. <laughs> uh, let me just check. Let me check Twitter for questions. Nope. Nope. I think we're I think we're basically uh I think we're basically done. Yeah. And hopefully this time next week we will be playing two point three live. That is very true. So coming up after the music as usual, we have a Galnet news for y'all. Uh and Oh hang on, have I missed I've missed out some things, haven't I? Oh, I've missed out a very important thing. I missed out our other LaveCon sponsor. So our Ooh. other LaveCon sponsor for 2017 is, of course, the Ed Tracker, the e or the ED Tracker, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, these guys can be found at edtracker.org.uk. Now, these people produce a head tracking solution for Elite Dangerous and other games. They also provide components for if you want to DIY construct your own head tracking solution. Um, it is a absolutely fantastic uh, peripheral. I personally cannot play Elite Dangerous without my head tracker plugged in. It is a small box which sits on top of your headphones, or in my case, if you don't wear headphones, it sits on top of an Alice band. Uh, it connects to your computer via USB, and it is recognised by Windows as a joystick peripheral. That means that in Elite Dangerous, you can map the Ed Tracker's movements to uh, your head look, and it basically gives you complete head look within the game. It is very similar to something like Track IR, um, but it is, I believe, still noticeably cheaper than Track IR. Uh, and I, I, you know, it was one of those things, Ed Tracker were at the first LaveCon. No, because we didn't have the game then. They were at the second LaveCon yeah. uh, we we ever did. And I have to say, the Ed Tracker is one of those things that the moment I tried it, I was blown away and I could see how my Elite Dangerous would be just complete with it as a peripheral. So from my point of view, Ed Tracker is my number one essential piece of kit. So yeah, do go and check those guys out. Uh, edtracker.org.uk. And actually, that brings me on to a note about... Oh, am I going to commit myself? 
I'm not. I'm, do you know what? I'm not going to commit myself to next week. Either next week, which is show number 150, or the week after, we are going to do a live radio show where we are going to cover all of the peripherals and all of the kind of add-on things that you can do with Elite Dangerous. We get lots of questions at Lave Radio asking about what kinds of controllers people use, asking about peripherals, asking about websites, asking about, you know, things like voice attack and all that sort of thing. We are going to do a show where we kind of cover them all. We're obviously not going to be able to go into massive detail because there are so... We've been compiling a list ourselves of all the different things we're aware of, and there is a huge amount. But at some point in the next either few hours or the next couple of days, uh, I'm going to put up a post on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash lave radio. Uh, I'm going to stick up a poll with a list of all the things that we're aware of. We'd just like to get a bit of a uh, an idea from lave radio listeners uh, about which of those people use. This isn't really to determine... Well, it's kind of to determine popularity, um, but not really in that way. It's not to say, like, well, which is the best? We're just really genuinely curious about, about who's using what. We also want to use that poll thread. If anybody is using uh, something that that adds to their Elite Dangerous experience that we haven't included in our poll, please mention it in the comments, uh, and we will try and find out about it and cover it on the show. So look out for that on the Facebook page. Uh, and that brings us to the end of show number 149 goodness me do you know I had, that was the other thing that happened at elite meet i had this slightly terrifying moment where i was talking to um uh i was talking to karash about the ages of our children and i was mentioning that my daughter is four in september and i had a bit of a kind of my 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 lungs kind of dropped into my stomach moment uh, because i remembered that i announced <laughs> eden's pregnancy on Lave Radio. So that means we've been doing this for over four years. Yep. There's a thing. There anyway, is a thing. There is a thing. Anyway, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. We are facebook.com forward slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Chat. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. Teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 p.m. British time. Uh, and we also stream out, we stream out the audio at laveradio.com forward slash live and we are at twitch.tv forward slash lave radio um are there any notable not notable but uh is there anybody that you want to shout out for joining us in game tonight ben <laughs> i would do but i've just been blown up so i don't actually know who's outside now <laughs> um, i know commander Payne's outside i know colin's outside commander ventura's outside um, I think Pilot might be somewhere around here. <laughs> but this, somebody's we, we, just gone off and shot me. Well, actually, it was me. <laughs> oh, thanks, <Colin. laughs> well, thank you for joining us in-game. Thank you if you joined us tonight in the Twitch chat room. And thank you if you joined us tonight in the Lave Radio IRC room, uh, where people hang out during the live show. Uh, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, I'm stalling because I can't find the music. <laughs> if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
safe Galnet News Digest, 4th of April 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Mission Management Reset Risk. Unrest at Multicrew Pay Scandal. Kahina Loren cited repeatedly. Mission Management Reset Risk. Warning has been received this week of a significant defect in the mission management software that powers mission boards at stations throughout the galaxy. It appears that 10th of April 3303 is the date at which the system clock behind the mission system will roll over to zero, something that will be likely to have dramatic consequences on missions everywhere. Software analysts have been working round the clock to assess the likely impact. The consensus of opinion is that all missions will be wiped on that date, so that missions that have not been handed in will neither fail nor succeed, but will disappear into Braben's bit bucket. Ram Tarr has expressed his disappointment in the shoddy software configuration that makes this reset likely, but has confirmed that he believes his missions will also be affected. By a happy coincidence, the selling price of exploration data is rumoured to be increasing tenfold. So any commanders halfway through a tourist mission trip to Beagle Point and back are recommended to eject their passengers into the cold, unfeeling vacuum of space with immediate effect. Unrest at Multicrew Pay Scandal Holograms everywhere are up in arms about an imminent Multicrew Pay Scandal. The Pilots' Federation is introducing a feature to allow holograms to assist flesh-and-blood commanders with their shipboard routines. The simple duties they will be permitted to perform include manning turreted gun emplacements and flying fighters. The Pilots' Federation, after initially offering to pay holograms at 100% of the rate paid to the helm, have instead reduced the pay rate and tied it to the rank of the hologram. According to Commander Rax Minerva of the Diamond Frogs, pay for an elite hologram is now 50% of the helm's payout, and pay for a harmless hologram may be as little as 2%. According to Commander Minerva, this impacts severely on the faction's helper newbie scheme, 
which aims to get all commanders flying at least the Cobra Mark III. She claims that these reductions in payouts make flying in wings far more profitable than multi-crew. After all, she concludes, holograms are just like any other commanders. Don't let them go hungry. Kahina Loren sighted. Repeatedly. As part of her plan to complete her mission as unobtrusively as possible, shy and retiring Kahina Loren has been hanging round systems, chatting up the passing trade. Loren, also known as Commander Salome, is known to avoid melodramatic overstatement whenever possible. Cited by Commander Kateria, she's reported as saying, I have brushed with death many times, but as yet it has not claimed me. Please spread the word. A time is coming when I will need all the help I can muster. Commander Moraes reports that she added that commanders should be aware that allying yourself with me may be costly in the extreme. One of these encounters was near Jouet d'Avoxie, less than 200 light-years from Seoul. Commander Salome's secret return is secretly scheduled for the 29th of April at 1800 Galactic Time. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>